So as you can see from the length of this episode, I got a little bit carried away. Me and Shelly actually go way back. We went to the same junior camp together, Fort Faith in Morley, Michigan. And we also went to Hiles Anderson College. We both went on tour for the college. We were part of singing groups that went out during the summer and promoted the college. She was a freshman in 2003. I was a freshman the next year in 04. And so we have a lot of things in common. So we had some, a great conversation. Clearly, we didn't want to stop talking after almost three and a half hours. We talk about, of course, Hiles Anderson College, talk about chapel. I spliced in a few clips. The Oom Papa clip is in there, the three o'clock rehearsal. That was fun uh, rewatching that brought a lot of good memories and that's really a lot of our conversation is just memories of tour of college how crazy it was how fun it was in some instances and how wrong it was in some cases but one of the big things we talked about that i hope can help a lot of people the deconversion process getting out of the faith leaving a, a constrictive religion at best and a cult at worst and what it looks like on the other side of that. Because Shelly's in a different place than I am as far as getting out and leaving and, and what she wants to do next and, and how she wants to, you know, live her life now. And so we had a really good conversation, some great back and forth about all the fear that we all, so many of us have about getting out of whatever this is we're in, whether, again, just a constrictive religion or an actual cult or a melding of the two. It can be really scary. And Shelly speaks to those fears and gives us some great insight. So I can't wait for you guys to check out this episode of Not Your Mother's Podcast. We have lots more to come, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for us all. My name is Stuart. This is my friend Shelly Lynn's Tyrell, and this is the Not Your Mother's Podcast. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So myself and uh, Shelly have gone, kind of gone back and forth here and there on Facebook. And what was funny for me, ironic really, was you brought up when we had our first conversation. I think we kind of connected. I don't know if it was entirely through the podcast, but it might have been somewhat through the podcast. Um, might have been a little bit of the catalyst for the connection. But I remember you, you, and this has happened not just with you, not to belittle our interaction, but there have been more than once where someone says, oh, I'm trying to remember. Now I can't remember his name. He's going to hate me for it. Not hate me. Uh, uh, Brian, Brian Ferguson, I think. And I, I would I carpooled with this. It was Brian, right? Now he's going to hate me because he listens to the podcast. Oh, I hope I didn't get this wrong. Brian, I'm so sorry. Um, but he, we were, he was, you know, we reintroduced to the podcast and I saw that he had gone to Hiles. I was like, oh, you know, what years were you there? And we're chit-chatting. And he's like, yeah, I remember you. I'm like, man, I, I don't remember you. He goes, dude, I carpooled with you. You rode in my car for a year, a year with me to work in Allsup, Illinois. You don't know who I am? And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I felt terrible. But no. I guess something. But me and you were talking and you were like, yeah, we were at the same youth camp together. And I was like, we were? <laughs> like, yeah, dude, like you need to, <laughs> you didn't say that, but like you need to work on your memory. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyways, that would, to me, that was funny that we were, um, you know, we were talking and everything was, you know, I was thinking, oh, this is a, a, a new friend and everything. Like, no, I've, I've known you for a very long time. <laughs> so, anyway, Shelly, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where your background, what your background is, uh, where you come from. We are, this podcast, people will be able to see from the title, you know, the subject matter we're going to be going over. We're going to be talking about the IFB and talking about um, Hiles Anderson College a lot, I'm sure. But kind of give us your background growing up. How did you grow up as far as religion and what was your life like um, growing up? Okay. Well, um, I grew up in Battle Creek, Michigan, and um, 
It's actually the cereal capital of the world. Um, yes, Kellogg's is there, right? Yes, Kellogg, yeah. Post. Um, there were certain neighborhoods that you drive through and you could smell the cereal being cooked. That's cool. Um, so it was. It was for the most part. They burned, yeah, yeah. burned it back. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Um, but I grew up there and um, I'm an only child. That might be relevant. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. We started out, we went to different churches, um, but we were not IFB. I was not born into it. Sure. Um, we went to a free will Baptist. Um, there was my dad Baptist. was my dad was saved in a free will Baptist church. Oh really? Yeah, that's wild. Okay. In Newport News, Virginia. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I was saved in a, a Southern Baptist. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I don't think either of y'all are even saved, really. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It don't count. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, funny you say that because they were they were very strict and they wanted um, to make sure that I was saved. And um, it was I was five years old when it happened, and um, you know I hadn't you know robbed any banks or right. Anything. <laughs> right. It is it is kind of ironic, and I'm not trying to speak ill. I've got lots of people on my timeline whose kids are going through the conversion process at a young age. But yeah, it is kind of like what what a you know, what have you done wrong? Well, I, you know, I stole my brother's Legos. And like, okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. I exactly. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't remember, you know, needing salvation, needing right. to be saved from sin. Um, so it was probably wise on their part to, to question and wanted to wait um, to see if I really meant it. Sure. But during that time, my parents were just like, mm, you know, let's, let's try and find something else. And that was our start into looking for a different church and we landed in an IFB church. Gotcha. Um, so about six years old, we really started getting involved, going there. Um, but before that, I remember wearing pants. I remember going to movie theaters, yes. you know, just regular life. Right. Um, right. But uh, I don't know, it was, it was, you know, starting out as a young age, um, all of the teachings and whatnot, it seemed normal. Um, sure. I well, when it's it. when you're that young, it every, everything is normal. <laughs> like exactly. People who grow up in you know poverty or grow up in third world countries, like okay, but it's normal to not have any food for a couple. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to belittle or yeah. demean any of that. Just like when you grow up, what how you grow up, that is your normal. That's how it's defined. So yeah, exactly. it is kind of a weird thing. And we're not to this part in the conversation yet, but it's kind of a weird thing getting out into the real world, so to speak. And explaining your normal to people and they're like that's not that's not normal at all <laughs> <laughs> that's where i am right now yeah, you know, yeah. i'll say something and people are like what yeah, are you yeah. serious um i do remember as a kid well as a teenager um people saying do you go to a convent like is, is that where to, to a what convent? like to be a nun or something oh a convent just, i wasn't understanding you yeah yeah just because yeah, I've heard of that one before. Strictness of, yeah. of our lifestyle. Um, but anyway, so I was well liked at, at our church. Um, I had lots of friends and whatnot. And I think, you know, that speaks to we were a regular going church family that was right. involved and, you know, we would do all sorts of stuff to help out. Um, but I did see, you know, the, the difference between bus kids and yeah. church kids there was yeah. a, a huge difference there and even um you know people that weren't necessarily bus families but didn't fit the bill you know what yeah. i mean yeah like there's segregation were, there yeah they were treated yeah. differently um 
but you know, for the most part, as a child, I had a good, good memories, good growing good. up. Um, I I think the best memories were camp, and that's Those are where fun you memories. Met. Yeah. Um, not that you remember me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm terrible. Honestly, my standout memory. I have two standout memories, and there's more if I keep talking, which is what the podcast does just me talking for too long but um two standout memories one is and i i think he he swears to this day that he wasn't a part of it so i may be incorrect but it was either uh john vaprazan jr and or john collins being a part of and i this i'm not trying to get into the bullying conversation or trying to be unkind it was church camp and it was just craziness Mm-hmm. But I remember a young man getting duct taped to a, yeah, you remember too, yes. apparently. Yes. You shouldn't know. He was from my church. Oh, that's why, you know, I was going to say, because it's down by the boys' dorms. You're not allowed down there. No. Yeah, he got duct taped to a tree. <laughs> and it would be funnier if it wasn't against his will, but that's camp. Like, I mean, I remember before we went to Fort Faith, we had our own, my dad ran our own camp in Michigan, in Michigan, in Indiana. And, um, we would we would have like i don't know 10 12 kids come it yeah. was so bad. and it was it wasn't cabins we were camping camping we were oh, out, yeah well, we were out mm-hmm. in the woods with tents like it was legit and uh i remember getting my actually not getting my first swirly uh i don't think i've ever had a swirly but i remember my buddy benny fugit ben fugit I thought he's in that moment. I thought he saved my life because uh, uh, Daryl Tyson. Not to, I'm dropping all kinds of names, and I love Daryl. We're friends on Facebook. I have nothing against him, but Daryl was going to give me a swirly, and then Benny jumped on his back, and uh, I think Benny ended up getting the swirly because he took it from me basically. And uh, I remember one year we had a kid. There was a little, uh, uh, there's a little not creek, a little river by 3D campground where we were having camp, and. Uh, he, this kid got caught in a whirlpool, almost drowned. Like it was just, it was in, so I'm just trying to say team camp in the IFB is pretty wild. Still to this day, Mount Salem exists. Like it's all craziness. So, but I do, I do, I definitely do have good memories from camp, but um, I think my good memories come more from team camp when I was kind of coming into my own and um, you know, I don't know. I have better memories from team camp, even though they weren't at, um, Fort Faith, but I have, I have good memories. What? How about you? What is? Uh, do you have any standouts from? Oh, sorry, I lied, and I'm gonna interrupt you again. So my other memory is, and I will name him because I don't think I'm not gonna get in any trouble. And I, I think Arlen Walters is a great human being. <laughs> I remember <laughs> having that cheap um, Dollar General knockoff cologne, perfume, spray, whatever. It's, it was Axe before there was Axe, and mm-hmm. we were all in the dorms hanging out. And, you know, uh, I don't remember, I'm not going to get into what people were wearing in the men's dorms, but it wasn't much. And I remember Arlen taking just, I don't know, it was a joke. It wasn't unkind. It was just funny. He was my counselor that year. And he grabbed my knockoff spray, just sprayed himself all over. Woohoo! Just running around. Again, that's probably sounds really dumb, but that was a highlight for me for some reason. Oh I recall that very well. <laughs> Anyways, your turn, do you, if you have any. Well, how do I follow that act? Uh, <laughs> Pretty easily. That's a, that's a boring story. Oh, um, <clears throat> let's see. The I water think slide? I, I don't know. The water slide, yeah. You know, the highlight of the summer was being able to go swimming at camp yeah. for three days. Which was in a pond, by the way. 
It was so a literal gross. pond. Yeah, it's it was green. So oh man! But you know, as as an IFB, I wasn't allowed to go to yeah. pine pools or mm -hmm. the beach. Um, yeah, and you had to dress from head to toe. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with clothes. So, I mean, I felt liberated. I was going swimming. It was so yes. exciting. Yes. But um, yeah, the the three hundred foot slide um, that was very dangerous when you had full on clothes. <laughs> it's dangerous, anyways. It was a it was a hard tarp in the dirt. It wasn't a slide. It was a no, hard tarp in the no. dirt. And I I don't know if I'm friends with any of the staff because Fort Faith is still there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I worked there a couple summers, not on staff there, but when I was working um, in Michigan, I, I helped run the teen camp uh, two yeah. years. Not the whole thing, just the week that we were there. And uh, so I don't have anything against anyone there. And I would hope that at some point things were more up to code. But even when I was there in oh, yeah. 2008, 2009, 2010, no, like it was just a tarp on the side of a hill down into yep. the lake. <laughs> yep. I don't even know if there was a tarp when I was going there. It was just kind of like. Um, well, that's what I meant. It's that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's what it is. I'm sorry. I didn't define it well. Yeah, no, it was. Hard plastic. Your fingers off if yes. you didn't... Yeah, you can't put your fingers on the side because you will slice your fingers. Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, man. But no, your mom was down at the end because, mm -hmm. you know, us girls would be going fast. Yes, down wipe there. out. And then you'd end up at the bottom and it was just this turmoil of, you know, you had no way up which way is up, which way is down. And she'd literally. Yeah, you can't see in that water. Yeah. 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 And with all of the, you know, the culottes and the, oh the t shirts and everything. Like, we could have drowned. You if should it have drowned. Not that I wish anyone had, would have drowned, but you should have. Like, yes. With absolutely. all the trappings that you had to wear. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, slide was something else. Uh, the slide um, was funny that there was a, uh, um, out in the middle, there was, uh, what did they call it? The pillow? Although well, they called it the pillow. Is that what you guys called it? That's what uh, we called it, yeah. We didn't call it the pillow. Anyways, it was a, like a, not a barge is the word that keeps coming to mind. It's not a barge. Oh, oh, I know what yeah, you're, you're talking about. Something yeah. else. Yeah, no, we didn't have the pillow. I guess the guys didn't have it that easy. I don't it know. It was a giant blow-up thing that they built, um, kind of like a ladder to. Oh jump yes, up. that was on the other side. Yeah. That wasn't where we swam though. Yeah, I never did that thing. Scared the bottom. I was living on the edge then. I yeah, guess. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> not me. No, I'm talking about the, uh, it was out in the, the where we raft? were swimming, the raft. Oh my God. Why could I not think of that word? Yeah. The raft. Uh, I remember that was a big thing. I remember that being a big thing, like, uh, for the teenage guys, like the bigger guys would like go out and stay on the raft and kick any little kids oh. off. And yeah. okay. So now I'm sorry. I'm not letting you tell your stories. This, this is how this podcast goes. It's so bad. <laughs> okay. It's my fault. It's my fault. But, uh, I remember when I finally got to be the one of the counselors because I was an adult and I was the youth pastor for the church that was going to, I was on that raft so fast. <laughs> like, like now I'm going to get to kick all these kids off. This is so great. This is my yeah. I was, I was there as an adult. Isn't that terrible? But me, and I think, I feel like Ben Jackson might've been there one year, maybe not, but I remember me and maybe one or two other, you know, adult counselors thinking, man, we're no, that's not, <laughs> that's no achievement at all. They're children. <laughs> So again, nothing abusive oh. or unkind. It was just, we were, it was all in good fun, but it was funny to me to realize in this moment right now, just realize like, oh yeah, that was my revenge as an adult. <laughs> That's terrible. All right. Sorry. You go. <laughs> uh, well, along those lines, mm -hmm. um, since swimming was such a highlight for me, right. um, 
do you remember when they started letting us go rafting down like see i i probably was gone by then yeah okay and they weren't doing it when i went back Um, it's probably probably a smart idea was it Um, tubing or rafting or both i guess it would be tubing i don't know it it was it was inner tubes that we would you know go down the river yes but obviously i didn't have you know sun exposure a whole lot because (laughs) right Yeah. yeah Yeah, you're indoors. Unlike clothing. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah, that too. (laughs) Fifteen years old um, was was the first time that we went rafting, and I was on my stomach for about two hours with the back of my legs exposed, and it wasn't sunny. It was it was a cloudy day, no problem. Oh man, (laughs) we got done. I was as red as a lobster, and we had bowling that night. (laughs) Of course you did. I could barely walk by that point. It was so bad. It was, I was walking on my Yeah, that's how you know it's bad is when the day of you're having that much pain. Well, I ended up with blisters the size of my fist. Yeah, I believe Um, it. They had to take me to the ER. Like, Oh, no. Yeah. Um, So. (laughs) I wonder, maybe I, I don't know, that sounds familiar. I don't know if maybe I was there for that and I just That would have been the summer of 2000. See, I don't remember anything. I was definitely there. Because <laughs> we went to, we moved to Missouri, from Indiana to Missouri in 2001. I remember because it was the same year Jack Hiles died and 9-11 happened. So I remember that. Um, oh, see, I don't, <laughs> there, I was there. I don't remember. God, that's terrible. Oh, that's wild man. though. I, I have, uh, I think, problem, like I have, diff, you know, weird memories and everything, but I think I have a lot of a lot of fun, but just some very bizarre ones. The pickle eating contest that uh, Amber, um, Amber Eskew now Amber Eskew would always dominate. Um, I could never remember who was the pickle queen. That's her. It's Amber Eskew. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Even though I couldn't remember her name, um, <laughs> I just knew her as pickle queen. That's there, was, there was another one that was. Um, oh, was there? A hot dog, and she could like swallow an entire hot dog. <laughs> isn't that so demeaning though isn't that terrible some of these things like yeah. and then you look at like not just camp but like doing stuff on the bus routes and stuff like that like not just swallowing goldfish like taking stuff a step further the it's just so demeaning to everyone women especially but to everyone so anyways i know we're trying to have good memories and i'm just bringing up all kinds of terrible <laughs> stuff um but i remember those you know weird chapel memories and stuff and uh i think basketball was always a highlight and then of course your pastor no it's no one like no one could beat Lyle Die. He was yeah, he was the best. He was amazing about. And he was the weird. That was the weirdest thing because he wasn't a young guy. He wore he had not just the glasses. He had the band on the back to hold his glasses in place. When he was playing basketball and he would smoke every teenager. We would bring yeah. kids from Fort Wayne that were good that could dunk. Not we. Ben kids would come with uh, Three Rivers. No, mm-hmm. no one could beat Lyle Die. He was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, yeah, I'm in terrible shape now, but even if I was in good shape, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on myself beating the guy ever. Yeah. It's he like, would go to, um, there was a basketball court. He played pickup court. all the time, didn't he? Yeah. There, there was a basketball court right around from our church and he'd go and play with, you know, local teenagers or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and the, the Y as well. I so. feel like he's not the kind of guy to hustle money, but he could have made so much money off of people. <laughs> Uh, just putting money down on his games because he could yeah. win it single-handedly. It was ridiculous. So, uh, he was a good guy, though. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and that's how I have, I have that sentiment for a lot of people that either the, either that are still in or even that, you know, that have gotten out or whatever, but, you know, during their time within the IFB movement, they, they weren't, there wasn't malice. They were, you know, they, they're at times they were doing things that were somewhat malicious because they thought that's what they were needed to do to please God or what they needed to do to please the man of God that was above them, Jack Scott, Jack Hiles, whoever it may be, excuse me, but to have malice in their heart, there's, I mean, there's plenty of them, but there are definitely quite a few that I can look back at and say, it just wasn't, there wasn't hard feelings from that guy. So, okay. So growing up, um, that was your, your childhood was very sheltered, would you say, as far as being in the IFB? Absolutely. Um, I went to a public school and then a small Christian school for just like first, first through second grade, um, okay. kindergarten through second grade. And then I was homeschooled and yeah, it was oh. super locked down, you know, only yeah. child. Um, all my friends were just at church. Church. Um, I never needed a curfew. Cause I was never you were out <laughs> <laughs> You were already there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I basically, you know, just grew up at the church. Right. Um, I, I've been, you know, stepping back and seeing memories through a different lens now. And sure. I lived at church. I really yeah, did. you I do. You do. And, and speaking to that point, that's part of what qualified your family for the special status they had in the oh, church yeah. because you guys were, and it's not to say, not to belittle anyone or say someone didn't do their part or whatever, but like you guys were doing a, if you were at church, the way you're saying, which I'm familiar, I'm a pastor's kid myself, so like I'm familiar with living at the church. So like, if you're saying you're living at the church, that there's a lot of people think when you, I think that on the service, a lot of people get the, oh, well, you were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. No, 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 no. Like no. it was rare to not be there every day of the week for something. And it wasn't always like an activity or a pizza night or a tour group coming through. It was, hey, we need help mowing the lawn. We need you to come and clean this thing. And we need, you, you know, you, right. Yeah, the buses, <laughs> whatever it was, there was always something to be done. And there always is with any, you know, moving machine uh, type of uh, a business because churches are a business in my opinion, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, so uh, the most churches, I should say, but yeah, what you're saying and what I'm hearing and what I've experienced myself as well is that's just, that's your life. The church is your life. You are there all the time. And that's not, it's not an exaggeration to say I was at home or I was at church. And that was pretty much it. Unless you were at a conference at a different church. Yeah. <laughs> So you're still at church. <laughs> those are my vacations, you know? Oh, you yeah. Friends Absolutely. And, yeah. That yeah. You, by the way, your vacations that as a child, in most cases, you paid for, by the way. Mm -hmm. You sold candy bars or you did car washes or you talked to your parents. Now, you're an only child, so maybe I, you got... Yeah, I could have stood by with that. We're going to have to bring this episode to a close. We have a complete <laughs> I imposter here. Does that no, count? doesn't count at all now. You're out. I'll finish this episode by myself. We have talking points. <laughs> just talk about myself. I love it so much. No, just kidding. Um, but yeah, but that, again, it doesn't take away from the, and I'm joking with you, of course, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you were always there. You pay, you were paying yeah. your dues and kids that, you know, throughout, let's say one summer, they had to do a car wash or two or sell some candy bars. Those kids, whether they were bus kids or just church kids that weren't as involved, they weren't at the church all the time doing all the work that you were doing so to say you put in less work would 
obviously be a contradiction. That would not be true. Um, but that is part of the dynamic is having the, the yard sales. And I remember not the yard sales, but the uh, um, um, car washes and, and so, and, and it wouldn't su surprise me at all if you were involved in those types of activities just to help other kids. Right. You know what I mean? Where like you already had your money, like your parents already took care of it or you had already earned it from your allowance or whatever, but you, these other kids still needed help. So you had to show up to help. That's just another church activity. Did you yeah. guys do car washes or no? No, we didn't. Um, okay. Thinking back. I had it dialed in. <laughs> um, I don't know. Was it, was it through like a school that you would do it or? No, it was a church. No, it was a church. We would sell for when my mom homeschooled us, we would sell candy bars out front of Walmart and Kmart and Oh God. When I like when I see kids selling candy, there's a there's an IFB church right here. And I, I every once in a while I'll see the kids selling candy bars. It's not for a good cause. It's I don't believe in it at all, but I will still buy them because I feel terrible. Mm -hmm. And part of me says that's just me being a good person. Part of me is like, you idiot, you're supporting the cause. I don't know. I just feel bad for the kids you're being a good out there. Person. I, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I needed that. That's, that's um, absolutely yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we, for, for the candy bar selling, mostly that was for, every once in a while we would do it for camp and stuff. And we didn't do World's Finest. That's the big thing. We, I can't remember. We did Catherine Bike. Catherine Bike was the name of our candy bar. They were good too. The caramel ones were really good. Um, but they were total knockoffs. They weren't like, okay. I don't know why people even bought them. Because World's Finest is not a knockoff, but it's its own brand. But like yeah, Catherine Bike was like, did you get these from Dollar Tree or like where are these? They looked like the, it was like, again, it was the Dollar General version of something that was good. They weren't, they were good candy bars, but they didn't look right. Anyways, that was for homeschool, but the car washes we would do as a, as a youth group, we would go, uh, our place was Pizza Hut. Um, we would go to, we would, you know, make a deal with them. I don't know if we gave them money or they just let us do it, but the mm -hmm. local Pizza Hut in Knox would let us do car washes and we do I don't remember how many, maybe two or three, maybe one, depending on how much money, but it was kind of a pooled thing. So everyone would, would, you know, help. And then whoever needed whatever took whatever. And we would, it was a free car wash though. We would tell people it was free. And then when you pull up, you know, you would donate. Tips. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Tips is how it worked. So yeah, that was gotcha. a mess. Those so poor you girls were well out there. Versed. You were well Say that again. and, uh, and, uh, doing sales and stuff by the time you got to college. Yeah. But I sucked at sales in college. <laughs> No, I mean, selling candy bars and stuff. Right. You would, yeah, you would think, but no, like, yes, I was well-versed, but I'm still terrible at sales. I got fired from True Green twice, I think. And oh, uh, yeah. And I, uh, this is how you judge your lack of success at keeping a job at House Anderson. If you end up, which I did back at AmeriCall as a dude uh, every year, then you're not good at <laughs> keeping a job. Or the truth is you go home every summer like a normal person instead of staying there to keep whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Must be nice. No, I did. I went home every summer. I, I didn't, I never bought the, the, um, stay here for your bus ride. Like, yeah. Oh, that's no. so crazy. That was ridiculous. Free um, labor. Say that again. It was free labor for all their ministries. 100%. And you would, I remember having I don't remember who, I don't know if, I feel like division leaders did this a lot and sometimes bus captains, but I remember people getting financially withdrawn from school, right? So you didn't have money to, I was financially withdrawn a few times. I didn't have enough to pay my, you know, room and board and tuition. That was just me. But I remember bus captains and division leaders getting, they also had been in that position of like, I don't have enough money to pay for my, you know, my schooling, but they're city Baptist kids. 
we're fine. And I'm not saying to not take care of other people and to not have empathy, but oh my God, like you got to take care of yourself first. You're going to get kicked out of school. What's going to happen to these kids whose bills are like, what? You're gone. <laughs> so it was such an oxymoron. And yeah, you're right. Free labor. And, and uh, we've got more to talk about, about Hells Anderson, but the big one that gets me is, and I'm not mad at these people, but I seen one, one of them on a post and I don't know when this episode will go up, but social media is, I spent four hours on it last night. It's the worst thing oh I've ever word. done. So bad. Well, I work on it. So that's one thing, but like, I wasn't working last night. I was just looking at every post about what's happening in yeah. the, in the U S yeah. Oh man, that hurt. So there's not enough alcohol in the world to be honest. So <laughs> I tried, I tried. It's just, it's not there. Anyways. So all that. Sorry, what were you going to say? Sorry. That's when I binge watch shows on Netflix or something. Just get my mind off of it. It was up. Netflix was open. It was begging me. Hey, come come watch The Office for the fifth oh, time. You. I don't know what's wrong with me. I like to torture oh. myself. But all that to say, like, I have seen a couple people <clears throat> leaving, you know, different kind of comments. I'm not going to get into that. But it does frustrate me the amount of people who get stuck there. Who don't maybe they do graduate or they don't and they're just now I don't mean people that are that live near there it just worked out they got married or whatever and they don't go anymore but people that still go are still involved they're still like yeah. stuck there I'm just like I don't hate them I'm not mad at them and I don't want to be unkind by saying this but I legitimately feel bad for them I'm like man I just because I feel bad because I see myself in them and I'm like man that could have easily been me and I'm not better than them because I'm on the west coast it's not my choice to be here I wouldn't be here if I didn't have to be, but like, that's, I don't know. I feel, I, I feel uh, empathy whether they want me to or not for people that are still stuck in that, in that free labor space, like yeah. driving a bus, you know, yeah. running a bus route, helping this ministry, that ministry, like, man, just go. <laughs> Killing yourself yeah, for you a cause and mm -hmm. not really. A, this isn't unkind to anyone that does multi-level marketing because it really works. It's a real thing. Not for me because I can't do sales, remember, but you're in in that environment you're in a spiritual downline you really are you're in you're underneath someone else and you'll never get this upper echelon unlike an mlm where you can work your way all the way up you know what i mean in this you can't you can't you're stuck you'll never be good enough you'll never get enough people to come you'll never give enough money to whatever building fund they're pushing so okay i need to stop We're, we'll go back down that path in a little bit i there are some very pointed questions that i think our audience will be helped by your answers too. So I okay. want to get to those. Where would you say uh, you are? I think we're all, everyone's on their own journey. And what I love about doing this podcast and about having conversations about God and religion on social media um, is that, or just with friends in general, is that everyone's not in the same place. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Some people get hung up on that and want the other person to be in their place or can't understand why, you know, they're in the place that they are. What it, People get crossways with that. I get it. But I do love how often we're in, in different places in our journey, not necessarily out of or away from anything, just in our own becoming who we are, we're in a different place. So I'd like to hear where you're at in, in your place of like, when it comes to God and or religion, you can leave religion out if you want. That's fine. But like where you're at with God, where you're at with religion at this point in your life. Okay. Um, the big one, I know. <laughs> It's kind of evolved, um, and sure, I hate sure. to use that word, but it has. Um, you know, I was I was knee deep in it as a child and, and indoctrinated, and just kind of grew up with, well, this is what we do, and followed right. like a, a good obedient little sheep. And um, 
even into my marriage, you know, I was, I was diligent and doing everything the way I was supposed to. Um, but seeing the cracks in just the hypocrisy of the IFB started me down this path of thinking kind of outside the box. I, I believe in God. I want to make that clear. Awesome. I do believe God. Um, I'm not trying to swing the pendulum, you know, far to the right or far to the sure. left anymore. I'm just starting out with God and the Bible and working my way out from there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, little, little things, just breaking them down and figuring out what do I believe in? Um, where are my stance on issues? And I have to say, my husband has been an amazing support in this. That's awesome. Um, just kind of, you know, both of us have really just been fed up with the IFB and fed up with the legalism and the the man worshiping. Oh my God! If you will. Um, you can talk so about it for I four or five hours. <laughs> I definitely would not consider myself a Baptist anymore. Um, and and where to put myself in a box of you know, well, I'm this. You religion. definitely don't I, have to do that. No boxes I, here. I have no idea where I would Good. fit. You know, Good. and that's. That's um, really your podcast was kind of the start of that. Oh my! Um, <laughs> okay, well that's a terrible way to start, but <laughs> well, well, yeah. I'm just um, kidding. <laughs> you know, I was doing some research and stuff, and um, I was researching about this story that kind of blew up in Wildemar, and yeah. your podcast came up, and I'm like, nice. oh, so I'm not alone, you know, and yeah. um, started listening to you and started really thinking and. I don't know. It just kind of snowballed from there. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely believe in God and, um, we hold services at our home. Oh, that's um, cool. So my husband, you know, he, he felt like God was leading him to be a pastor. Okay. Um, out of quite of an abusive, a verbally abusive ministry, um, at West and gotcha. we were basically kicked out. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Well, you can't really speak your mind, especially, again, I don't know the, the whole situation, but yeah. if it's a verbally abusive, which my, my dad worked for a guy uh, in Alabama by the name of Randy Tool. I don't mind dropping that name, but like that guy is just, I've had, I had a, a dear friend that actually worked there for a little while and he hit me up before he went out there and, and I wasn't in a place where I could say, no, screw that guy, but I knew better. And I was like, man, just, I can't tell you not to go. And he's not there anymore, but you know, it was if you're in a verbally, you know, if, if leadership or authority in church is verbally abusive, if you decide to speak your mind, that's a, they'll only let you do it so much, in my opinion, before yes. they're like, you're, you're done. <laughs> well, that was the thing. Like, we hadn't really spoken our mind. We hadn't really gotten to mm. that point of, you know, this is wrong. <laughs> right. Um, but when we said that we felt God was moving us, it was like, oh, okay, goodbye. Um, so it was a good riddance kind of thing. It, Pretty much, yeah. Um, so we were left on our own to try and figure things out to start a church. And here we are several <laughs> years later, just nice. having services in our home, just our That's family. Cool. But, you know, I, I really feel like that was kind of God's leading because I was away from the, F, uh, the IFB, away from all the prying eyes and, you know, <laughs> the fake. There was oh so God. much fake. You had to yeah. be fake. In order to look the part, you know you what I mean? Sur you can't survive without it. Yeah. 
I want to be careful because it's easy and in the day and age that we live in specifically literally this day like there's so much there's so many blanket statements about so many things um but it's i don't think it is untrue to say that by and large not in every instance but by and large um much of religion thrives on hypocrisy because if you look at most people's and i'm not just saying the king james bible and i'm not here to condemn all religions or religion you know just religion but like the problem i think one of the biggest the one of the biggest if you remember if you look back or think back to uh trying to go knock on doors or trying to talk to friends and family members about your beliefs i think if i and i don't as we've as we've seen here my memory is crap but if i could remember one thing one big objection that i kept getting was hypocrisy and the fact that there's so many hypocr well what about all these hypocritical people and i would just immediately dismiss that but now i look at it and i say yeah like hypocrisy is it is a fulcrum of not all and not every but of many religions hypocrisy without when you look at their holy book it's written so long ago and again i'm not i'm not here to get into the the bible versions debate <laughs> oh man yeah. Uh, yeah exactly we're not doing that but i will say from ev everything you know you know the the what is it the torah the quran like the the, the bible the king were like if you look at so many that there's so many stringent uh sets of rules that it's like it's this i'm not promoting lawlessness but my goodness like you can't you can't thou shalt not lie cool story bro like i'm not advocating lying but like that's the big one that's the one where when you're out so when you can always get someone on thou shalt not lie because <laughs> everyone's done it come on man like anyways i'm <laughs> Now I'm going to rage against Jesus and Moses and the Ten Commandments. That's not what this is about, but mm -hmm. I'm just speaking to the hypocrisy. It's huge. It's important to most religions, and it's scary. I remember being a youth pastor and realizing, like, I would legitimately preach against movies and music and video games on Sunday, and then on Monday morning, I, no, Sunday night, I would be up late playing those video games. The scariest part exactly. was when – I had the kids over the, the, the kids because I was living in the parsonage across, across the, you know, a parking lot from the church. And the kids were over for some activity and they found my Xbox games. I was like, oh no, <laughs> now they know. It changed my sermons around. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I don't remember. I think I just like played it off. Oh no, I think I told them that a friend of mine stopped over and I made up some ridiculous lie. I was telling Troy, um, um troy lewis uh that that's what i was telling him that a friend stopped over and left it there's not there's not even in there that's just the case and it wasn't because it was in the xbox <laughs> so my story held up just don't turn on my xbox kid um anyways yeah so but that's you know that's the hypocrisy you have to when you get to where it and i think my opinion is that it really messes with your head when you have to live in it and exist within it and then that can really skew your moral compass. It can really skew your opinions of people and of yourself because now what's right and what's, what's right and what's wrong, you've blurred it so bad and you've pulled yourself so many different directions that it can, it can really mess with you for sure. And that's Absolutely. something my therapist has had to deal with. But anyways, <laughs> hypocrisy, sorry. Oh, no, you know, I can, I can definitely speak to that because, you know, we were <sighs> growing up, we didn't have a, tv mm -hmm. um we didn't either we got it for the gulf war it was it was underneath the table and i remember there would be times where it was like 
quick, mad dash, shove it under the table. Preacher's here. Okay, you know, or, okay. Um, but the, the funny thing is he had a TV. Um, so, I, you know, I grew but again, up with but, he was, but he is the man of God, so he could right. control it. You guys can't, you guys, it was just out of control in your house. The TV was just blaring. Yeah, we, we had a, we didn't have one. And then we got one little tiny red one. We got it for the Gulf War. Uh-huh. And that was going on. And then my dad committed the wicked sin of keeping it past the Gulf War. Yeah, I know. Uh-oh. out here. And uh, I remember we lived in this little house, four kids, both our parents, little one bedroom house up on a hill and over Indiana. And I remember one night and I've probably told this story five times on the podcast, but I don't care. I'm going to tell it again. Um, but I remember one night, this was after the Gulf War was over. We still had that wicked, you know, what devil bought? There's all kinds of words for it. Larry, uh, what's his name? Larry Brown probably had some. Do you remember Larry smashing TVs? Yeah, I, I worked like, with his daughter. God, Larry's Larry's wild. No, all the Browns are wild. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got stories about Jerry and Rachel, but we won't get into that. So, um, I remember my dad. Something came on the TV. It was a commercial. It was black and white. It was. Mm, it was oh. nothing. Yeah, and I remember something came on the TV, some kind of commercial, and he got so mad he legit ripped you know ripped it out of like didn't unplug it just mm, took it out to the the trash barrel the burn barrel and threw it <laughs> yes yes and then we ended up getting what we would call you know uh just a dvd player basically we got a monitor but that thing was my this computer screen is bigger than that thing was my my uh, my laptop computer screen is, is bigger but we had that i remember we had that as a teenager that's what we had to watch you know vh we get yeah. not even rent because you can't go to the movie store because oh no 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 yeah well we would get them from the library we yeah would get stuff, same here oh, right <laughs> and they couldn't be rated either if, if they were rated, rated it had to be g or pg and then if like there was a bad scene my mom would get up or my sisters would get up and put a pillow because it was that small almost said an expletive there like it was that small <laughs> that they could put a little you know the couch pillows yeah in front of the screen so we didn't see that and i remember every once in a while we'd buy something if we really liked it we get a v you know find a vhs somewhere we'd buy it and then we would tape over we'd tape the little ants or whatever the snowstorm we tape that over the bad scenes and i remember now since then there's movies that i like there's an old movie called the sackets with um tom Selleck, and i love cowboys was my thing growing up and I remember the scene. I remember very well where it was because I watched the movie over and over. But I remember the bad scene. I remember watching it as an adult and being like, wait, what was, what happened? Because I know this was a <laughs> wicked scene. But no one was cursing. No one was, you know, having intercourse. None of that. It was just, I don't know, they were making out or something. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> had to be oh. over. And that's not against my parents. I love them to death. They're, they are treasures. But, like, it's just funny to look back on that stuff that was, like, Oh my God! You got to cover this up, like yeah. Man. Cover your eyes. Yes. Turn your head. Your head. Um, I, need, I need to find this meme. I sent it to the family, the group chat. But it's something about it, the. It's a cat. <laughs> it makes more sense as a meme than when you say memes don't make sense when you say them. But, anyways hypocrisy <laughs> yes yes that was quite the rabbit trail <laughs> I'm good uh, um i don't even remember where we were yeah but i don't either but hypocrisy is i think that is something that whether that's a catalyst for people to leave a cult or the ifb or just a stringent religious system um you know whatever 
whatever it is that is your trigger, you might say, to get you to leave, I think hypocrisy is definitely, whether it's the thing that makes you go or it's part of it or after you're out, it's a huge part of, um, what does Josh Owens call it? Uh, Bill Drysdale too, uh, deconstruction. It's a huge part of just, you know, you becoming who you are, just looking at how ludicrous the hypocrisy is and what you were involved in is a, I think it's a big thing. And I think it deserves to be a, a big part of the conversation for people that are thinking about leaving people that have left people that are still trying to process what in the world even went on when they were in it. Um, so, yeah. So what would you say? So now that we're kind of at this point in the conversation, would you, and it, and then again, share at your, um, your comfort level, <laughs> but what would you say would, would you have kind of a moment or was there a process you already said like, and we'll just take credit. We're going to write, I'm going to write a review and put your name on it. Not your most podcast, help me leave the IFB. No, I'm not going to do that. But um, uh, what would you say was kind of, was there kind of a process? Was there kind of a moment? Was it just, and I guess you've already addressed like, you know, being, you know, leaving the, the church that you guys were in. And I remember a similar situation, even though we were still IFB when we were in Indiana, my dad tried to, um, we, we were moving to another church in Missouri and he tried to tell the church we were leaving and they weren't like, they were mad that we were leaving, but so mad that we couldn't gradually leave. They had to like boot us that day. It was weird. It yeah. was all weird. And I was a child, so I don't remember that much of it. Okay. Anyways, I was trying to ask you a question and can't stop talking. So my question is, is there kind of a moment or kind of a process that you would look at for your departure from the IFB or is that just kind of what you already said? Like we left the church and that was it, or was there more after that? Kind of there, moment? there was a process. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, as, as a kid, I kind of saw through the cracks a little bit, Good. Um, but didn't really say much, you know, just watched. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I was molested as a child. Oh my, I'm so sorry. That, that has always played a part in who I was and always felt like, you know, I had to be this fake person so that sure. people wouldn't see that. And it wasn't um, any, any fault of mine. It wasn't anybody from the no. church. Um, okay. But that kind of, that stayed with me, you know, and, sure. and um, seeing the stories kind of blow up in the last couple of years, it yeah. just, it, it was very real for me because I'm reliving what happened to me and thinking, sure. oh my goodness, I can't imagine, you know, what these other people are going through. And it just, it made me sick to my stomach, like knowing that this is the church religion that I grew up in. You know, mm -hmm. these are the foundations that I was taught from the men of God that I was taught from. And, you know, just my whole world kind of blew up at that point. Sure. Um, and that's when I found your podcast. Um, and so over the course of, I don't know, maybe six months or so, um, a lot changed. I was listening to more and more stories. And, um, at the same time I was doing a, a physical transformation as well. And I had yeah, no yes. idea that exercise is actually a form of healing, much yeah, like yeah. therapy. Yes. Um, so I was working on the physical aspects of it and working through it emotionally as well and um you know those cracks just kept getting bigger and bigger and at one point i'm just like i don't identify with the if the ifb <laughs> i keep wanting to say the fbi <laughs> <laughs> and when you tell most people normal people not us not calling us weirdos but whatever like that's yeah. what they hear they're like the fbi 
You were in the Federal Bureau. No, no, no. It's not that at all. Baptist. IFB. Baptist. Independent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's hilarious. But no, I, I felt like this is all wrong. This is, this is, you know, if you really think back to it, you were taught man-made traditions. Oh, yeah. Um, they would take a Bible verse and then they would just make oh, this whole thing up and... Yeah. Like you were saying earlier, the hypocrisy of it, um, mm -hmm. it just, it became more evident and it took me a long time to see it, but I'm glad I did. Um, I'm glad for you, because, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just looking back now and seeing how I was raised and that indoctrination, it was, yeah. I was brainwashed. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that was kind of our exit. You know, it was, it was a slow gradual, but like I said, we were, we were meeting at home. Yeah. Um, so we weren't having to explain ourselves to people. Um, but things kind of came to a head as far as my family. Um, they it's were kind of so the tough. ones that kicked me out officially, yeah. um, was, you know, they are very much IFB. They're very staunch in it and they don't understand my point of view anymore and um it all started with you know my health and fitness mm -hmm. um i became a coach a health coach and was it I'm was sharing, it kind of standards kind of thing is that what it was it, it definitely was you know i was yeah. sharing posts of me in a tank top and <gasps> fitness. that is that is wickedness all around and um Yes. You know, so simple things like that. I mean, normal people wouldn't think that that's a big deal, but it, it was. It it's was a huge there. deal. It is. When you've built, you know, like you said, when you've taken all these verses out of context, when you've got one verse in Deuteronomy that's supposed to tell you women exactly what you're supposed Are you kidding me? You've got 66 books, thousands of verses, and this one verse in the Old Testament is going to tell you not to dress like a man technically from the kjv interpretation back when everyone wore robes are you kidding me anyways but yeah when you've built so much on but that could, but then that opened for the leadership of the ifb that opens so many doors they can say all kinds of stuff and it's really in my opinion based on 1950s america it's based on the america of jack hiles and so he i'm not saying that he started everything but he did <laughs> so um, he I, I, yeah, he did. And I think people have told me, um, Oliver B. Green and a couple others were kind of the predecessors, but either way, Jack Hiles made it more mainstream than it was before. And that's what it was based. It was based on Jack Hiles, America. And that's why you had to wear dresses. And that's why, yeah, you can't like there's finger rules. And oh yeah, the do. two fingers from the collarbone. And got, if, if a dress went farther than that, you had yeah. to wear this piece of material, um, they called it a dicky. What? <laughs> you can't make it up. You can't make it up. Oh. It was just a piece of material that right. you would pin to your bra straps. And oh I felt so liberated the day I threw those out. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. It was just so much, but here's what's crazy is like for guys, it was don't wear shorts and that and then, and then hair, right? But that was it. For apparel, it was don't wear shorts. That was had easy. We had it so easy. And some churches didn't care if you wore shorts. 
Like out here in California, like Bruce Goddard's shirts, they don't care. They Bruce wears shorts uh, all the time. That's a whole other conversation. But um, <laughs> but like that's just it's wild to me that I mean from nylons to how to your dress length to the slit length to and I'm not trying to be perverse with any of it. It's just unreal to me that guys it was don't wear shorts and girls it was well you need to read this whole mm-hmm. list of stuff oh, that man. you can and can't do. Like are you are you kidding me? And I was watching, oh, it's so bad. I, how long ago was this? Maybe two or three weeks ago, I went down a rabbit hole. I've been doing that. This, this isolation, this quarantine <laughs> has not been good for my mental health or my physical health. But I went down the rabbit hole of Jack's, of, of, I was listening to two or CDs, which is always a bad idea, but whatever. And I posted one on Facebook and it was, the response was pretty funny um, from my, from the year I went. And then also uh, I started, I was listening, I'll go through and listen to Jack Scott sermons every once in a while. And I was listening to, I think it was, uh, it was polished chapped. I'm pretty sure. And it's classic, classic uh, uh, teachings of the faith. And I remember he, he, I won't say it on here because it is really gross, but like he's, there's so much stuff that he would say that just the way that clips work, like you get nowadays, you can get anyone in trouble with a little tiny clip you take out of context. It's very easy to do. Um, Please, anyone that's listening to this podcast, don't get any ideas because (laughs) I don't even want to think about the potential there. But I was watching and he was talking about you know, the finger rule, right? But the way he was saying it and talking about fingers, it was really not good. I would send it to a bunch of my friends and they were like, what on earth is this stuff? And I'm like, he's in jail. And they're like, well, of course he's in jail. Listen to what he's saying about. Oh my God. Anyway, but uh, yeah, the hypocrisy is. <laughs> okay, so you were saying your exit and then, and again, I, I don't want to ask for more details on your comfortable sharing, but I understand that concept honestly because i was very i treat i tried to do the love the sinner hate the sin kind of which is not that's again that's a whole podcast or two in and of itself about how ridiculous that idea is but i tried to use that idea with my sisters when they were when i was still in and they were kind of like you know screw this i'm gonna wear pants or do whatever i want or just be an independent woman like that's not okay and so i kind of try to treat them kindly but also i was very upset by their lack of standards as we call them which is just legalism that's all that's all it is so i under i mean i don't fully understand because i wasn't in your shoes but i get where you're coming from as far as like you know family just wasn't going to have it and i don't again i've said it before many times here but like luck i'm not a big fan of luck because i work really hard for anything that i get but like if i ever gotten lucky it's with my family and the fact that we're all we're all out. My dad's still a pastor, but he's not an IFB. He's not even a Baptist pastor. He wouldn't call himself that. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry about your family. And I always, I feel terrible when people tell me that because I have, and it's not to put it in anyone's face, but I've been lucky really to have a good relationship with my family through all of it because so many of us, you know, exiting, even if your family gets out after or before you, there's still some, you know, some issues. And in most cases, that's the reason why so many people stay in. I think not just because, if you leave, you're going to lose your job and your, you know, a lot of things you can lose. Yeah. You're going to lose your family connections. It's, it's a real thing. So it I'm is. Sorry. It is. Um, you know, we were, we were the only ones that really got into the, the Baptist religion. Mm-hmm. Everybody else from my family was not. Gotcha. Um, so, so you're saying your, your immediate family was the ones that were yeah. very involved. Gotcha. Yeah, we were the weird ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So were we, so we're same exact story. 
Uh, but no, thankfully I have, you know, had great connection with everybody else and Good. it's really helped, you know, it's helped yes. to heal. It's helped to just get that outside perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes, you know, something bad will happen and I'll be like, oh, is this, is this God judging me for, right? you know, for that's such so, and such and yeah. that, that old mindset. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I, I try and remind myself what the mindset was when you saw people leaving you know we were oh, yeah. we were very quick to judge and oh that person's wearing pants oh my goodness you know how dare they and um that was that was ingrained yeah. in us to do so it's not unlike the the principle uh it's an i think it might no it's it pervaded into the new testament but it's kind of this principle of oh you were born blind or you were born maimed or you were, or you were born with some well what sins did your parents do yeah. to make you this way it's the same yeah. principle that's carried over when you leave the church well what did what did so-and-so do wrong why did they leave like what you know what what's wrong with them and in many cases the people that were in leadership were the ones that had the real problems now they're getting arrested <laughs> and being put you know what i mean like that's where the real problems are but we didn't look at that we looked at oh well so-and-so left and now, oh my god they've fallen so far and like you said wearing pain that was the big one and yep. I still, I still do that on Facebook in the opposite way, whether I get a friend request or I'm looking like, Hey, maybe they'd be, would be aligned or whatever. I go look through the profile pictures. Yeah. Where are they cropped? Are they afraid to show whether or not they're wearing pants? These women. And again, it's not against the women. It's just that for me is a big, uh, a big indicator of how far out you are. Are you even yeah. out yet? And in many cases, there are a lot of women who still, you know, abide by the stringent standards, but they're done. They're ready to be out. They're over it, but they're, they're stuck. So anyways, it's not a good, not really a good indicator. The pants isn't, but I still use it uh, the other way around now. But yeah, like, oh, I, you know, he grew, his hair is so long now, or she's wearing pants. Or, we saw them at the movie theater. Yes. Or we saw them at the oh, store, right. Those are big ones. Big ones. This, the movie theater thing. I have not yeah. been to a movie theater since I was five. The last movie I remember watching was Home Alone. I watched um, it at home. <laughs> I didn't go to movie theater. So you know, we we decided um, that we were going to take the kids to go to a movie. Yes. And then COVID nineteen no. happened. Are you kidding me? Oh. So yeah, talk about man. Is this this guy? Yeah, God is me? totally judging you. The whole COVID thing is just to keep you guys from the movie. Yeah, it's just it, for y'all. It it's is. just for y'all. It came all the way from China just to screw up your lives. Or wherever it came. I don't know where it came from. Oh, but yeah, I, I feel the 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 uh, the guilt there. I could totally get that. I'm just like, oh my. But isn't it? It's crazy that you would even. And I'm not. I am not um, diminishing your thought. And I'm not trying to say, oh, you're, you're stupid. Like that's not. I'm not there at all. But like, isn't it crazy that we would have? We. It's so ingrained in us that like, this enormous pandemic that came obviously i believe from a different excuse me country and has infected thousands of people could it be just to keep me from going to the theater yeah. in the ifb world absolutely yes absolutely it could have in the real world that sounds bonkers insane. <laughs> it is insane but not inside their little tiny microcosm it's it's it makes perfect sense yeah. um yeah movie theaters was a big one i I, again, when I was a rebellious youth pastor, we went and watched, I think actually we went to, well, I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw all the, oh, oh here we go. Oh boy. <laughs> I saw all the Twilights, I'm pretty sure in theaters. Uh -oh. um, not, I honestly don't think they're bad movies. I'm not sure about Robert Pattinson coming out as Batman right now. I don't, I'm having trouble with that, but um, 
who used to Ben Affleck, I would still take over him. But anyways, whatever. Uh, but I think those were the first ones that I saw. But that was, you know, when I was in between because I had a year before um, my then wife graduated. So I graduated 08. She graduated 09. So that was kind of my rebellious time of you know, <laughs> getting a uh, we, we had block, but we got blockbuster. And, and then, of course, we went to work at the church. and We couldn't have any of that. Um, but yeah, we went, we went, to, but again, I went as a youth pastor to see, wasn't one of them called, I think one of them is called Eclipse. I don't know. I should look it up, but I think one of the Twilight movies is called Eclipse. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> but I remember we had to drive to GR. We had to go to Grand Rapids to go watch it. We couldn't watch it local. Although Somebody to be fair, see. yeah, right. But to be fair, I'm not sure if Big Rapids had a movie theater. So Grand Rapids might've actually been the closest movie theater. <laughs> Very true. It's one of those blinky mythic towns. Yes, yes, 100% of it. Well, Morley even worse. Yeah. Or more so, not worse. I loved Morley. Movie theaters were a big one. And then, you know, now being out here and, you know, just doing my own thing, I'm like, okay, was, I love going to the movie theaters. It's great. <laughs> well, when they're open, if they don't want to close <laughs> after this, I don't know. No, I thoroughly enjoy it. But yeah, it's crazy that something like that. And then if you remember, the movie theaters and the movie store were both big no-nos. But like trying to explain to someone why there were no-nos was so problematic. No-nos meaning, why am I, I don't know why I'm talking, sound like I'm talking to my six-year-old right now. But, um, but like, you know, it was a sin. It was bad to go to the movie theaters or, because you couldn't control what in the movie. Okay, so let me hear your, your logic. If, if, let's see if they align. But my, my, what I was told and told to tell and retold to like my cousins who were like, are you a dumb person um was that you can't control the previews that come on and you can't control like the movie posters you walk past that's why you can't go to a movie theater and that's why you can't go to the movie store because you never know what other movies like what you're going to see you also never know what you're going to see when you walk out your front door mm -hmm. are you kidding me <laughs> like it's the same logic that i should just stay inside and never go anywhere and order everything on amazon but only through some kind of site blocker exactly what am i gonna do <laughs> live in a cave well um, really that's um, what they wanted <laughs> no our our uh philosophy behind it was oh it's different you got a different one? <laughs> oh, oh yeah this is great. i'm so excited i'm so excited <laughs> my dad was a bus captain so okay. you know bus kids might see us at the movie oh, theater and an think that we were thing. going to see an r-rated movie okay rather yeah. than, you know an innocent child movie right, right um so yeah appearance was everything um i think i do remember that one yeah and i, I don't even remember why we couldn't go into blockbuster um because our, our preacher took me um for for times that we would spend the night or whatnot because i was yeah. only allowed to go over to their house right yes yeah. so oh, there was a very short yeah yeah because um, yeah Actually, i don't think i had i think it was relatives that was it for me there was no oh. one that we lived near or anyone like we were either in all the way down in napanee with my cousins or we were in pennsylvania with my grandparents that was it those were, and that was because we were on a trip that's the only time we were staying the night anywhere else Anyways, go ahead. Sorry, you're, so are, is this is this um, Lyle Die? Is he the one going? Ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were they were good movies. You of know? course, yeah. No, he's not <laughs> bad, but um, it was it was very flip side from from how I was sure. raised. You know, and I think my parents did that on purpose. They kind of took Pastor Die's standards and went above and further. Beyond. Yeah. Um, yeah. I dealt with that as well. Yeah, we would we would only go to the library to find stuff, and it was usually black and white. Yep. 
Um, oh yeah, I I, I have here. yeah, I love my black and white stuff. I have I have <laughs> Charlie Chaplin movies that that he doesn't talk in. I love them. I think they're great. Um, and that's part of that is because and Three Stooges. Oh my God, I watched so oh, much yes. Three Stooges. Yes. I love the Three Stooges. Red um, yeah, Red Skeleton was great. Um, yeah, Victor Borga. I don't know if that would even ring a bell with you, but Victor was uh, he actually got kicked out of Nazi Germany for making fun of Hitler. He's a Jew. <laughs> It makes sense. I would do if I was him, but like he was a, he did piano. It was weird. He does piano comedy. It was all based around his piano. Yeah. Weird, but very talented pianist. Kind of like, uh, have you heard of the Smothers Brothers? No, Mm. I need to send you some links. Anyways, they're more from like the, I don't know, 50s, 60s, but again, it was musical comedy, not like a musical, but like there was a lot of like music infuse into their comedy. So anyway, it sounds like I would enjoy it. Oh, you would. Yeah. If you like the old stuff, you would like them for sure. Let me ask you about this then. What was it like choosing, we're going to talk about college now. Here we go. Uh So everyone buckle in. Um, So what, excuse me, what was it like choosing a Bible college? Did you have choices? Did you have pretend choices? I had pretend choices. I knew I was going to go to Hiles Anderson. The tour groups came every year. That's all I wanted to do. I really did want to. And, you know, my, my parents both said, you have a choice where you want to go, but you know, the, the pastor of the church I was at and my conditioning from childhood was it was going to be Hiles Anderson I did have a few moments my senior year um, where I wasn't sure and my my pastor's son had gone to Grace Baptist in uh, Michigan Mm -hmm. um, John Jenkins uh, school and so yeah yeah and so um, you know I I struggled a little bit but I knew eventually like it was going to be Hiles Anderson what about you did was it kind of like a foregone conclusion or was it something where it was kind of left up to you to decide really left up to me to decide and I do remember kind of near the time of searching for colleges my parents got a hold of some sort of I don't even know what it was but we sent out like hundreds of different applications to hundreds of different colleges yeah um must be nice being an only child you can do that kind of crap well I I don't (laughs) even remember all the the different ones I think there was one down in Florida um, I mean, there's Pensacola and uh, it Bob wasn't Jones Pensacola, but okay. um, I want to say it was Trinity. I don't know I don't where know. that's at. That makes sense, um, though. But um, my husband actually went went to Berean. Okay. But um, let's see. I was planning on for the longest time. I was planning on going to Texas Baptist College. Um, everybody <sighs> else in my so team skeptic, team group, so scary. <laughs> Everybody else in my team group was hardcore Hiles Anderson. You know, they had signed up for that little Highlander Club thing. Oh, I was in the, um, oh my God. 